Hello and welcome back to How To PhD episode number nine. It's the follow-up to last week's journal episode and we're gonna be dealing with the inevitable corrections and rejections from journals and how best to think and act on these. Hello and thank you so much for joining us again. Welcome back to the show. My name is Aaron and I'm joined by my co-host Julia. Hi everyone. So last week we talked in depth about everything to do with before you submit to the journal, right? All that kind of pre-processing mm. that you need to do. Uh, and now to today, Julia, we're going to be covering everything to do with what happens after you submit. Yes, yeah, so we're going to cover two topics. So what to expect when things get returned and how you can practically um, like go about responding to review comments and also about the best attitude maybe to take into that. So let's get going with what to expect when papers get returned. So what can you expect when things get returned? Now, for anyone who's not aware, and I'm sure many of you will be aware, but certainly when I was doing my PhD, I wasn't aware of these different outcomes from a journal. Uh, so Julia, there's a few different things that can happen when a journal gets returned back to a student. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, there are several things that can happen. At once, it could be desk rejected by the editor, which means that they haven't even sent it out to, to peer reviewers. Um, so just the editor decides um, that it's maybe not a good fit for your journal. I think that's often the argument, what they yeah, tell you then. Yeah, it's quite high level. Yeah, more high level. Or they, um, I think I had a paper that was saying, oh, it's maybe not clinically relevant enough for this journal. Um, but so I think that's why it's so important what we talked about last episode to try to find a good fit for for your paper. But to be yeah. honest, uh, it happened to me that I felt that actually um, a journal that desk rejected it would have been a much better fit from the topic area than others where it was accepted. Yeah. So it's not always straightforward. So don't be put off if it gets desk rejected. No, exactly. Um, and I think that's true for all rejections in the academic mm. process. But uh, certainly in the last weeks, I think as I mentioned on last week's show, I've had two desk rejections now in the last three weeks. Um, mm. It can be for many, many reasons, but that's kind of one of the, the first outcomes. Right? Yeah. And then it could be rejected, or we're talking about rejection already quite a lot, but um, it could be rejected by peer reviewers. So that means that the editor has actually sent it out to some people to read the paper. And then they have decided um, that, I don't know, they don't think it's appropriate for, for that journal or they think there's something wrong with your methods or whatever. That is so essential that they don't think it's worth you doing <laughs> corrections on it. Um, yeah. But that means that you will get some feedback from them, which I think that's the big difference to desk rejection, where the editors sometimes don't even give any comments on, it, on it the can, paper. Yeah, it can happen. Mm. Um, so some of the editors from my recent rejections, they've actually given some comments what was wrong with it, which mm. I think is quite good. But yeah, it, it yeah, could be that they... Yeah, at least, you know. Right. It, it, of course, they don't go into the, the level of detail, detail that, uh, mm. that a peer reviewer would. Um, but interestingly... Uh, a lot of journals recently have been offering a sort of transfer service. And this is something that I've only seen in the last couple of months, that if your paper is rejected, um, either from peer reviewers or desk rejected, they've now offered me to say, hey, look, um, you know, sorry to see this, but we've analyzed your paper and actually mm -hmm. we recommend these three or four different journals and they've summarized the impact factors and all those things we talked about in last week's episode for me. Um, and they will just transfer the paper over there so I don't have to do a new submission. So it might be worth keeping an eye out for anything like that if you're in this situation where you've had 
a paper come back with with a rejection mm, yeah that's, that's a good point i've only seen that um yeah when you submit your paper that sometimes you can choose whether you want the a paper to be forwarded to a different journal in case it gets rejected so yeah definitely worth exploring that yeah. um that option um so then i think the other outcomes um that can occur is that you get major corrections or minor corrections and actually i think um both of them are relatively good news right because yeah, it means definitely. that the person who was reading it um was happy enough to give their comments and um yeah to give you another chance basically to address their comments um and after you have addressed them it will go back to the peer reviewers so they will have to take the time again uh, to look through them so i think you have already quite good chances if, if you got to that's that level right. that they give you major or minor corrections yeah i think that's the that's an important point that you know the fact that these peer reviewers will have to look at this work again so um <laughs> You know, they're not going to give you... Do that, yeah, if they think it's not, uh, doesn't have potential exactly. to be published in that paper. Exactly. Um, now, you know, bear in mind, again, with something like major corrections, you can still be rejected after having mm. addressed those. It is very rare, but again, I mean, I'm just like sharing all these sob stories. But again, the same thing happened to me that I did major corrections, mm. addressed all of them and, and it got sent back to me. That is with a rejection which is but, very frustrating yeah. so it can happen so you know have one mind on that possibility mm. uh, but overall if you get corrections back that reviewers That's want you to make time. that is a really good sign so yeah. see that as a positive whether it's minors or majors mm -hmm. yeah and i think we're going to give hopefully some practical tips on how you can increase your chances um, of addressing the feedback so that it will get accepted in the end absolutely yeah okay. so i think a sort of general point now to make is um, often that we found, I don't know if this is just anecdotal, but we found that always journal decision letters seem to always come in on a Sunday um, or on a Friday at the end of the week. Um, so, you know, perhaps perhaps be aware of that and not don't check your, but, but just be aware that they might come in at a sort of awkward time. These yeah, kind of and then responses. maybe you're not ready to, on a Sunday you have something nice planned and then you maybe get a rejection or something and that That's <laughs> makes right. up that set for the whole day. Yeah, I mean, but, we were working walking in a supermarket once and that's when I saw the email come in and I was like, I shouldn't open this email. But <laughs> that, was, that was that. Um, and of course, you know, I think building on that point, you know, again, if it is majors and rejections, one completely realize that everybody no matter their level professor the the most successful academic whatever whatever the level is it's completely normal to get rejections and corrections mm. this peer review process has what i like to call a lot of noise in it mm. you know these are these are human reviewers you know mm. and you can give the the same paper to three different people and you might get three different opinions so don't take it personally and also have time to sort of take on that feedback and read it in a state when you're ready to receive feedback mm. right and um now me personally when these emails come in and i see it's a rejection I, i'm not saying this is a great way to deal with it but i always mm. instantly delete the email and i just get rid of it um in a bit of a rage and then a couple of days later i dig it out of the trash you know? when you're ready <laughs> when i'm to. ready exactly yeah. so maybe do a similar thing where you i don't know move it to another folder or you flag it mm. and just have a look at it again in a mm. kind of in a different state of mind and don't take it so personally mm, yeah that's true i think yeah i agree with what you were saying that if you 
give it to different people you will get different opinions and sometimes i think that can seem really difficult if one peer reviewer is saying one thing and the other one says the opposite thing and you think like yeah, what really, should i do but actually really yeah but actually i think it's a good sign because it shows that there's just people have different opinions and there is mm. sometimes no right or wrong it's just then you're responsible to think what do you ma think makes most sense right yeah um so but yeah don't be disencouraged if they contradict each other in some that, that's right yeah that's fine maybe have a friend read the feedback for you right so yeah. i think this is quite good because often it's actually not as bad as we think it is and I think there's a human tendency to really just focus on what we see as the negative points and mm. our brain kind of automatically skips over what's yeah. actually really good about the work and the positive comments that mm. are in there. Um, so I think that's something, Julia, you recommended, right? To, yeah, to have a friend and I reading. think we do that sometimes that if, if one of us gets um, a letter <laughs> yeah. and then we think, oh no, it's all bad. And then the other person looks at it and says, actually, look at it. It's not too bad. You just yeah. have to make these few changes. It's not too bad. And yeah, I try to put on a neutral hat so to kind of uh, um, think of it like I would receive that feedback for a third person so not like mm. it's about my work so I try not to get too emotional about that to be criticized with my work um, yeah that, that's something I try to do yeah and I think just as a final point on this you know read that feedback several times just read mm. through it just be aware just look at it in a kind of neutral sense and see what the language is there yeah don't try and Overinterpret it too much. No, it's really yeah. important, I think, to read it several times and maybe to read it with someone else to just like make sure you really understand what their points are, so that when you once you're addressing the the um, comments, that you're really getting at what they're really talking about. Because sometimes I think we are interpreting stuff like mm, yeah. in a different way. Um, so clarifying, making clear in your head what do they want um, from you. That's really important. Yeah. That's right. And I think just a final practical tip, just always be very clear and, and be very aware of how much time you have to make any corrections. Mm. If, if you do get majors and minors back, just check how much time you get. Uh, I think in all of my cases, that was around three months that they gave okay. me to make. So quite, mm. quite a decent amount of time, mm. but I think you've had less. Yeah, or sometimes I think they even just say like, I send it back in a reasonable amount of time. And I mean, what is that? <laughs> what, is that? <laughs> what is that? So what I tend to do, I just um, try to set myself a deadline. But then I think, um, so just to think about myself, like how, when do I realistically be able to um, come back with the changes and then maybe contact the journal saying, we're gonna, we are gonna send it back at that date. Is that fine for you? So I think just, um, yeah, being realistic about it. But yeah, I, I saw a tweet actually this week, someone saying that um, the paper has been under review for like six months and then they ask you to do the changes in like two weeks or something. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's slightly out of proportion, isn't it? And, and it can take a lot of time. So definitely worse, I think, if that happens that you think, okay, this week I'm not going to be able to to finish it in time, the corrections, just contact the editor, to contact the journal, ask them for a little bit more time, explain that... Um, you you're busy you're on a course or a conference whatever and I think usually they will then yeah arrange that that's possible yeah, absolutely I think that's yeah getting in touch with the editor is always a good mm. good idea if, if you think that you need more time or you need some adjustment of, a, of another kind mm. so speaking of changes this is leading us very nicely into our second point in this episode which is around how do you actually deal with the feedback how do you go about actually responding to these comments and what's the best format for that so 
So let's talk about dealing with feedback. Now, Julie, we, in the previous section, we talked about, you know, desk rejections and rejections from peer reviews. Um, but it's, I think it's worth considering something around what do you actually do with that feedback if it's mm. been rejected? Yeah, so I think um, if it gets rejected with peer reviewer feedback, or even if you have some comments from the editor, you then have... Um, I think maybe it's tempting to just think, okay, I'm just going to take a paper as it is and just resubmit it elsewhere. But I think it's really, really, if you get feedback, read it really carefully and like think about, is it likely that if you send it into another journal that the same kind of stuff mm, is going to be picked yeah. up? Um, so I think try um, to to identify the points that will increase the value of your paper or if there were really things that you didn't explain um, appropriately, um, then definitely, definitely make the change before you send it to another journal because otherwise you might end up always getting rejected um, because you're not yeah you didn't listen to what they gave you Just think about it as free feedback that you receive right from someone yeah. a stranger I took the time to read it i tried to get it into a positive mindset someone took time to read it they gave me some tips and it's up to me to take the good bits out of their feedback and make my paper better so it has a higher chance to get accepted elsewhere yeah and i think that leads into a sort of overall point around the sort of attitudes take into uh dealing with feedback mm. and and really I think comments that make us upset sometimes are kind of secretly ones that we know are, are justified, right? We we sort of know that they're difficult. Yeah, they're, they're difficult. There's sort of a truth to it. They're mm. difficult. They're going to be difficult to make and change. I think mm. it's just a case of just embracing that part of this process. It's it's not really a. It's it's one hundred percent easier to say that than do it, and mm. we both still get very frustrated when things <laughs> come back with rejections. But just see it as you know, actually, eventually the work's going to improve, right? Mm. Um, so, in nearly every response that we've done, um, mm. and certainly as far as I'm aware, is the standard journal response. What you usually need, on a practical sense, is a response letter and a cover letter. Right. Yeah. So we're going to dive into each one of these uh, mm -hmm. in turn. So let's start with the response letter, Julia. Yeah. So yeah, what, it, think, what is this? Um, so the response letter is the one that goes back to whoever reviewed your paper. Sometimes um, it could be an editor or then it will be reviewer one, reviewer two. Um, so in there, you will kind of um, address or show how you addressed all of the comments. So what I do, and I think you do the same thing, is that I paste um, like every single comment from the reviewer into a Word document um, in kind of in bold or something. Yeah. Um, so if all the comments, and I think I already start thinking about how I would address the comments while I paste it into a new document. It's kind of already getting me into the mindset. And um, yeah, then you will type out your response addressing it to the reviewer. So thank you for this comment, for example. Um, I have made the change in on page number line number or something something um, and you kind of justify it and then I actually paste in the section from the journal so how I made the change so literally from the paper um, and yeah you should while you make your changes usually you have to track your changes if you're using word um, so that they can actually see what you changed in the in the document um, and yeah I think it's always important to think about making it really user-friendly for the yeah. peer reviewer um, to look through your response letter. So what I'm trying to do is really to create a document where the peer reviewer doesn't have to go actually back to the journal because they can exactly see 
everything in context, what I changed, what they asked me to do. That's right. right. I think that's really important. So, you know, again, just think about it. If you have another journal and you have to flick between two, three different documents yeah. to see what's changed and what was in the original, it's just, just make it easier for the reviewer. You want them in a good mood. Yeah, uh, when you're, exactly. Yeah. When they're assessing try, your work. Try to imagine how a peer reviewer will receive your work and how will be most um yeah time effective for them to look through them definitely because they're not being paid for it (laughs) they might not they might do it late in the evening or something after they've done or had a whole day of work that's right um so make it easy for them (laughs) yeah and i think in terms of the language um you know uh, thank the reviewers for their time uh in reviewing a manuscript so if they say something nice about uh, Mm -hmm. the work that you've done remind them you know reinforce that positive message for example you know we appreciate that you found our paper is timely and on an important topic you know just remind them that it was a good paper or they they said something nice about you exactly exactly use their own weapons (laughs) that's right Yeah. yeah and I think, yeah, I think a key thing is make a plan with how to respond to the comments and check with your supervisors. You know, mm. you use that resource that you have there. Um, and I think one thing I like to do, and certainly you like to do, Julia, and we've made this point on other episodes, is to start with the easy wins, right? So mm. just go through the comments that you know, okay, I get that. I can just relatively quickly mm. do that, tick them off, and then go back to the ones which are yeah. slightly more in-depth. And yeah. I think generally that's a, a good yeah. way to go about it. And I think we have a, a few strategies like how yes. we respond to comments so or some rules. That's right. So if I agree with a comment from the peer reviewer, I see their point, appreciate it. So I do make the change and um, really let them know as well. Thank you. I appreciate. Um, and I think that will make my, my paper stronger, yes. something like that. Um, I guess, and, yeah. So in, like, in the sort of second scenario where you think the comment is unnecessary, but it's doable, yeah. right? You could you could make the change. You don't one hundred percent agree, but you can do it. Just just do it, right? Just make the yeah. change. It's easier just to satisfy them if it's not if it's not a major structural mm. change to your paper. Yeah, so I think in some papers the peer reviewers are saying, "Oh, please call pharmacy users, pharmacy clients, or something like that." Stuff and like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's necessary to do that, but I do it because it's. Yeah, if it's if it makes them happy, um, I think so. Um, I think we talk about that in the Viva episode actually. It's but it's about picking your battles and yeah. deciding what it's worth to kind of challenge, or um, yeah, if you disagree with something, and that could be for example through a misunderstanding. So I think yeah. if something um, was not clear to the peer review, I try to put that on myself. So I say like, oh, this this is on me, and I try to just make it clearer, even if it's just like rephrasing a sentence or something, to just make it really clear what I meant. Um, so by adding a little bit more information in the manuscript, it could literally be just like rewording one sentence. So. That's right. Um, and I guess the final sort of scenario is when something is just not possible. So yeah. a change that they're asking is just fundamentally not really possible, then say why that is. You know, Don't be afraid to be clear and you know perhaps give them something so say oh we considered this we've now added Mm. this to the limitations if it's appropriate or Mm. suggest that you've added a section in the conclusion that you will address this in future research but you appreciate 
how they've thought around your topic and and word it in a way where you're kind of spinning it into a positive. Exactly. So I think to give you an example, my latest um, publication, um, the peer reviewers are saying, oh, you only looked in your research on like high income countries, but um, you should have also looked at middle and low income countries. And yes, they're right. Of course, it would have been like really interesting to do it on all countries, like that specific research project I was doing. Um, But we don't have, we didn't have the time for that. It was just not practical. Um, but so what we did is just like explain that to them for practical limitations. We were not possible. It was not possible for us to do that. Um, but we put it into the limitations, first of all, that, of course, our research only looked at high income countries and that's a limitation. So the findings might not be applicable to middle or low income countries. And we also acknowledged, yeah, that in future research, of course, would be good if someone <laughs> or we <laughs> look um, also at this. So yeah, just yeah. as an example. You're, you're respecting the fact that they took exactly, the time yeah. to make that comment. But and they're you, right, yeah, or they might they're be right, right, but it's just not what we looked at or what our Exactly, and you're acknowledging the fact that you are aware of that and you're, you're mm. being upfront and clear about that. So I think that's really the response lesson. And of course, you know, that's a lot of information. So we'll have an example for you to download, of course, at the resources on yeah. howtophd.show in the show notes. So you can do check that out. And we've got some example wordings for some of the example mm. reviewer comments that, that we've had. And so you can see that and check out how to format it. The second resource that usually is always included is the cover letter, mm. right? And this is, again, something we'll add to the resources section. Yeah. You'll be able to download it from howtophd.show. Um, but again, this is the letter that uh, we mentioned in the previous episode that often you forget and you sort of write at the end just <laughs> as you're about to submit the journal. Um, but this is something, another opportunity where you're writing to the editor to emphasize the strengths of what you've done, right? Mm. And the key thing uh, and, and something to bear in mind whenever you're talking to the editor is that they are interested in what's the fit for the journal. Mm. Of course, they have some technical interest as well Mm. in in the quality of the paper, of course. But of course, they want to see that it's meeting the aims of the journal. So using that opportunity to just reinforce again the positives of your work, why it's good for their journal, uh, I think is another important point. Yeah, I also, I start by thanking them again, like thank you for um, taking the time to review the paper and also thank you to the reviewers. And I also say in there like, oh, and we have now addressed all of the comments which we felt were helpful to improve the paper. So again, just put them in in a good mindset um, and say what you've done. Show them that you have engaged with the feedback that you received. I think that's that's also what they would like to see. That's right. That's right. So hopefully this has given you some uh, points to really think about how to deal with feedback. So we're going to end the episode with some final thoughts uh, on this whole process. Uh, and I think, Julia, I guess part of the key thing is just, as, as we mentioned before, put the reviewers in a good mood mm. by making your responses concise and clear, yeah. right? Don't waffle yeah. in the response letter. And, and really letter. take time to see that everything is correct or the page and line numbers. That can be really challenging, I think, sometimes. If you make changes throughout yeah. and then um, suddenly the page number changes. Yeah. So just like make sure that you give a high quality response, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we see this on Twitter a lot you may be in a situation where you've got comments which are genuinely unhelpful or Mm. slightly disrespectful. Um, I think in the end, 
just be the bigger person and sort of de-escalate, right? Be diplomatic. Uh, be yeah. diplomatic. You want this publication. That's right. And yeah. of course, we're not saying, you know, say That's anything okay. to, yeah. to get it. And of course, no. a lot of these comments are genuinely not okay. And we do need to change that culture in many but ways. But a lot of them are also okay. It's true. <laughs> like, a, a lot of I them are. get emotional but, about them. <laughs> That's right. But if you do get comments that are uh, not very helpful mm. then you know be aware of yeah. that and just go into a mindset of, okay let's just de-escalate yeah. and let's just try and overcome this mm. uh, in a more sort of productive way mm. yeah. um and as you said julia double check for mistakes double check page numbers and line numbers as well as you mm. said mm. is something that's very useful mm. uh, now in terms of uploading the manuscript now you mentioned tracked changes in word mm. funnily enough i have never done track changes for okay. a journal i've always just done manual highlighting where i just take the highlight tool. i think it depends on the journal sometimes they specifically say yeah. like what they want but um yeah just for you so that you don't have to go through it it's again true. and didn't track what you did yeah i think for me i find the track changes a little bit distracting to read through because they kind of put a line through the words and stuff mm. and you get weird red highlights everywhere <laughs> so rather i would just highlight myself what mm. i think are the main things um yeah but hopefully i think those are all the the main points we wanted to cover right julia i think so yeah and always try to stay positive um your work like yeah. it's a lot of work that you put into a tent pages or something and and um of course it's important for the academic career as well that's why there's uh, you might feel a lot of pressure um but um be sure that if you uh, engage in feedback and if you keep going your paper will find a nice <laughs> safe space somewhere <laughs> and will get published so thank you so much for listening to another episode of how to phd but Julia, you wanted to wrap up this uh, episode with a nice sentiment, right? Yeah, I think one of um, the fellows, like in the fellowship that I'm doing at the moment, she was saying, and I think that really yeah, resonated with me. She was saying like that behind every success that we see is a lot of hard work and also a lot of rejections that we don't see anymore. If we just see people maybe tweeting, oh, I had another paper accepted. Yeah. But you don't know how many times they had rejections before that or corrections before that. Um, so, yeah keep going <laughs> and yeah if you think of for example harry potter which um obviously became a huge success um i think uh, jk rowling had like 80 rejections no, before it was accepted so always keep that in mind that's right um, and stay positive <laughs> that's right yeah stay positive your work will get to the place it needs to get to so Thank you again for listening to this episode. And of course, if you know of someone who you think could benefit from this, please do share this with them. And if you list, uh, enjoy listening to How to PhD and you would like to support us, you can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at howtophd.show and leaving a small donation through Buy Me A Coffee. As always, huge thank you and huge shout out to everyone who's done that. Yeah. Um, it's Thanks a lot. incredibly generous and we are so grateful for the support. Um, and of course, we do want to hear from you. So do get in touch with us over email, which is contact at howtophd.show. And of course, our Twitter and Instagram profiles mm -hmm. at howtophdshow. Now, all of these things actually are going to be quite useful in the next week, right, Julia? Because Excellent. we're opening up next week's episode uh, to suggestions from our lovely listeners. Yes, so we'd like to hear from you through like, yeah, email, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you want to contact us about like, what would you like us to talk about in our 10th 
I think 10th, 10th episode. episode yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're really open for um, your suggestions because we want the content to be useful for you and um, wherever you are in your journey. So yeah, get in touch and we might also put out a poll maybe. Yeah, to see, um, we'll, we'll throw out some suggestions yeah. and run a poll, do something. We want to really start engaging with the listener base because it's really fantastic to have so many of you listening yeah, to the Yeah, it's really show. nice too for, for those of you that we have been um, exchanging comments on Twitter. Yeah. It's really nice. That makes it's, it really... It just makes the whole thing uh, so satisfying and, and worthwhile and yeah. uh, really great to hear from so many of you. So that brings us to the end of another episode and we will see you all next week. <laughs>